0: Heisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
1: Lovely Rita, meter maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter. Well, so far, the second debate for the GOP primary season... Well, the winner is Donald Trump, Uh, because they're all gunning for Donald Trump. It seems like the best lines of the night have been when they're trying to go after Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is clearly the biggest threat. And I haven't seen anybody uh, that can hold a candle to the former president. His lead is so significant. It is anywhere from 40 to 50 points between him and the second place person. And there's nothing there, I'm being honest with you guys, that I have seen on the stage tonight, which makes me go, wow, 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 this person is ready to be president. And think about the big Democratic machine that they're going to go up against. We're already seeing what the Democratic machine is doing to President Trump. So is there anybody there that can handle the heat? I don't think so. What are your thoughts, and do you think that there's anybody that could hold a candle to President Trump? I'm talking about on the GOP side, and obviously, as we are seeing new polls in the last few days, clearly Donald Trump is also going up and up and up, and Biden is going down and down and down. Trump has momentum, which could explain why suddenly uh, New York decides to go after him on business fraud. Four indictments isn't enough. So let's see. Maybe we can uh, try to chop off his business interests in New York and go after a lot of his business certificates. Let's see what else we can do because he hasn't stopped after four indictments and, what is it, 91 charges or something like that? I mean, talk about a pylon. And in the last few hours, we're also getting word Uh, that Judge Tanya Chutkin, she is the person who is handling the federal election case against Donald Trump, the January 6th case, if you will, based out of Washington, D.C., brought by the special counsel Jack Smith. Well, she's saying, no, I'm not going to recuse myself. And I think she absolutely should recuse herself. If you look at the history of the things that she has said about President Trump in the past, She also worked at a firm that had ties to Hunter Biden the same time that Hunter Biden was working there doing work for Burisma. There absolutely is a conflict of interest. And even the appearance of a conflict of interest, she should step aside. But even some of the statements that she made soon after January 6th, they're, you know, very, very harsh on the former president. Saying that a number of these defendants, quote, had blind loyalty to one person who, by the way, remains free to this day. That's what she said. She's an appointee of former President Barack Obama, too. But all these things put together, certainly, I think suffice for her recusing herself. But it's like the fix is in. Let's, okay, let's try to indict him here, indict him here, indict him here. Oh, 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 wait, he's still going up in the polls. Uh oh. And wait, now he's overtaking, you know, President Biden in a number of polls. And the other day, it's really interesting because President Trump came out and he said as soon as that new poll came out, it's an ABC News Washington Post poll, which had him up by nine points over Joe Biden. And again, this is from ABC News and Washington Post. You wouldn't exactly say that they're like a conservative outlet, either one of them. And as soon as they came out, you heard Donald Trump at a rally in South Carolina. And he said, you know what this means? This is great news for me. And I know it is. And this is what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And guess what's going to happen? I'm going to be indicted again. They're going to try to do something else to me again because I'm doing well in the polls and they're trying to shut me down. So because of that, look, what a surprise, surprise. Sadly, he's right. It's like every time something happens with him. It's like, okay, or something with Hunter or the impeachment inquiry hearing, which starts tomorrow. And tonight, hundreds of pages of documents tied to that came out. It's going to be an interesting moment tomorrow for the opening of that hearing. Get out your popcorn for that one, guys. So in the middle of all of that, he's right. What happens yesterday? Well, yesterday, suddenly a judge comes down and says that President Trump defrauded. uh, There's no victim. Who did he defraud? that he, you know, inflated his prices on properties in New York. So they're trying to take his certificates essentially away so he can't do business in New York. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to cut him off at his knees because guess what? The indictments aren't enough. This isn't enough. This isn't enough. It's like, what else can they do? And sure enough, there it is. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Give me a break. How many people that deal with real estate out there change the price Or get different valuations, for goodness sake. Somebody might say, hey, that property is worth blank. And somebody else will say that property is worth blank. And so they're saying that that is business fraud. If that's the case, I bet you every single person in real estate in New York City, for example, would be behind bars. But it's selective prosecution because they are going after president trump tooth and nail and what we have seen in the second debate just verifies it because there's nobody it looks like that can take him on they are clearly auditioning for maybe somebody in the cabinet maybe a vp pick uh but i want to get your take on a whole bunch of what you think tonight i'm going to save you the pain of having to watch the rest of it and you can tell me what you think. Who you think up there could maybe be in the cabinet? Is there anybody there that you think could overtake Trump? I don't think so, but I want to hear your thoughts. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. First off, here's a little bit of what looked like like a little bit of a food fight. Um, Tim Scott showed a little bit of uh, um tonight. He actually came out of the gate. He was a bit of a wallflower in the first debate. And this next one, clearly somebody said, uh, Senator Scott, you got to, like, get some jazz in your step, baby, because this is do or die. And he got a little jazz in his step, to his credit. The South Carolina senator, who I like, I've met Tim Scott, Um, and he came out with a little bit of oomph. And he kind of had the first kind of mishmash, if you will. But I feel like the debate has gotten out of hand. I mean, the moderators... Uh, are trying to like not allowing these moments to breathe and then they're stepping in at other times it's just very awkward and it's hard it's a hard job moderating debates i've moderated debates it is hard but when you sit and watch these people you got to keep them so they kind of go up against each other because that's what creates these moments where they can't plan and you go back to the little planned speeches so i think there's it's hard because they're all also desperate right now they see the polls They see like Trump has already done like five marathons, and they're trying to make that 100-yard dash. So that's a hard feat, and they know that it's a long way to the finish line, and it's a long way to catch up to President Trump because his lead is that commanding. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Here, first off, here's a little bit of Tim Scott and Vivek Ramaswamy going at it and see if you can understand anything anybody says.
2: When we have a conversation about the things that are happening on this stage, we think about the fact that Vivek just said we were all good people. And I appreciate that because last debate, he said we were all bought and paid for. And I thought about that for a little while and said, you know, I can't imagine how you could say that knowing that you were just in business with the Chinese Communist Party and the same people that funded... Hunter Biden, millions of dollars, was a partner this of yours as nonsense. well. It's not nonsense. So do, look, here's want i respond. I mean, these, these
3: are yeah. good people who are tainted by a broken system. And it's not the fault I, I of anybody who's involved. Baseball. Some of us here's, are tainted by the bottom me, line. Is excuse say, Bot me. Bot Thank me. me. Thank you for speaking while I'm interrupting. you I'm You said by the If I may finish. you You can't be on both
2: sides. Gentlemen, you'll have your turn. One of, finish. of the challenges we should have a debate between the issues and the Business in China. May, Everybody knows that. If I may, if Let's I may focus address,
4: on holding Joe if, Biden if accountable. I, That's what we need to be. I, I, I actually on. agree with Ron to say. Speaker at
1: the same time, no one can understand exactly. Your well, that was an interesting moment. At least I had a little heat. The rest of the time, it looked like they needed some smelling salts. But here is Chris Christie because before the show, he came out and said, "You know what? I'm going to come for you, Donald Trump. Donald Trump, I'm getting after you tonight because." you're you're the guy to beat and i'm the one to get you to take you down he already kind of on social media was teasing it that you know he's going to give the big knockout blow uh take a listen to this uh this cartoon uh analogy is this a knockout blow or is this uh tiptoeing through the tulips
2: we need law and order back in our suburbs, people are threatened there, we need it in our rural areas, people feel threatened there, and we need it in Washington, D.C. also. And Donald Trump should be here to answer for that, but he's not. And I want to look in that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching, you can't help yourself. I know you're watching, okay? And you're not here tonight. Not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck.
1: <laughs> is that the knockout blow he was pitching? I'm not sure about that whatsoever. What do you think, guys? one 800 one 800 Two, two. Let's go to Robert, line one. Robert, your thoughts.
5: Well, I listened to Donald Trump tonight. He spoke in Michigan. And um, I was very impressed with Donald Trump. He did a magnificent job. And, you know, to add in what the travesty of justice that happened yesterday where they're threatening his business now in New York, it's remarkable how Trump could do such a magnificent job. It's just I'm so impressed with Donald Trump. And, you know, the more that they try to crucify Trump, the more I feel that Trump is the only person who's not bought and paid for, who's not part of the establishment. And the more I, you know, support Trump, even though I have some reservations about, you know, the vaccine, but still, Trump is just amazing. It's like a miracle almost of God how he could stand up there and do
1: such a great job despite all that he's being put through. I don't know how anyone could take it. He's amazing. You know, Robert, you hit a great point because Uh, He is really uh, staying cool under pressure. Um, Of course, Trump's version of staying cool is still firing back, uh, which is his style. But I don't know if I see anybody up there tonight. A lot of them uh, don't even seem ready to handle some of the rebuts from their fellow GOP primary guys, let alone and gals, uh, let alone uh, be able to deal with one one thousandth of what Trump is dealing with. I mean, the new thing that you're just talking about this is incredible. I mean, they are stripping him of his New York business licenses. This is a huge setback for the former president. And this is days ahead of the trial that's coming after the fraud trial, uh, going after his family's real estate business and saying essentially that, you know, he could lose his big properties. I mean, we're talking there's a Wall Street one. There's a Westchester Golf Club, uh, New York Estate. There's so many things they are going after every moment. And this is something that anybody in real estate out there, and I'd love to hear from some of you folks out there, because how many people out there, uh, there are so many different valuations when people are doing real estate valuations. And much of it is in the eye of the beholder. And in one place they were saying, well, you know, Mar-a-Lago is only worth uh, 17, 18, 19 million. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, anybody who's even seen Mar-a-Lago, I've seen Mar-a-Lago many times, uh, it is not uh, like a 17, 18 million dollar property. It's an enormous, sprawling property in a very wealthy location, uh, top notch. And there are so many other places that Trump owns. Uh, so what? You know, it's what it's worth 18 bucks. Is that what they're saying compared to what Trump said? No, it's worth X. He could probably find somebody who says it's even more than Trump even said. That is a very subjective business. And to me, this just shows that it is selective prosecution and persecution against President Trump. These candidates know it tonight. Also, all the Democrats know it, but they don't care because they are willing to do anything to stop Donald Trump, which just shows that he is clearly the guy that they don't want to run against. They clearly don't want to run against him because there's nobody else up there. And if they think that they're going to get a free ride, like if they suddenly, you know, Donald Trump is out and I don't ever see that happening. But if Donald Trump is out, if any of these other individuals think that they're just going to get a free ride and they're not going to go after them on any which way but loose. uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, one of them maybe got into a fight when they were in college, when they were like 18, That and they're going to go after them on that. Maybe one of them jaywalked when they were 19. They're going to go after them on that. Maybe somebody sneezed at the wrong time when they were 20. They're going to go after them on that. I don't know if there's anybody on that stage that could handle what Trump is handling. To your point, Robert, we're going to continue your calls after the break, everybody. Why are they going after Trump? And will they ever stop Donald Trump, no matter what they do with his businesses and everything else? Does that show they know Trump is the guy to beat? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: And they are going after President Trump tooth and nail, not just the GOP candidates, but every sort of Democratic prosecutor out there. The latest salvo coming in the fraud case where they are stripping him of his certificates, essentially trying to chop him off at the knees in terms of doing business in New York. And remember, that's where they started. Uh, Trump could lose control of Trump Tower his Westchester, New York Golf Club, other New York properties, uh, a judge ruling that he inflated uh, the cost of these properties with insurance and others. Still has not named who the victim is. Don't you need a victim if there's a crime? And what about everybody else in essentially real estate in New York? Uh, it's a very subjective business. Uh, I'm not in real estate in New York, but I know a lot of people who are. And it is a very subjective business, but not for Donald Trump. If Donald Trump jaywalks, they go after him. And listen to what one of the commentators on Morning Joe had to say. This is on MSNBC. This is Russ Bootner of The New York Times describing this decision against Trump because they know he is skyrocketing in the polls and that lately he's been killing Joe Biden in the numbers.
4: There's a lot of talk of Donald Trump being effectively booted out of New York City as a real estate developer, 40 Wall Street, Trump Tower. Uh, the properties mm-hmm. up in Westchester that he has. Is that realistic, that he could be stripped of his ability to do business in the city and the state?
6: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the big question today. Some uh, lawyers have called this sort of a corporate death penalty, that the judges order these LLCs to control these properties to be shut down and then uh, disgorged of their assets. But these are not just his New York entities. EJT Holdings also controls most of his golf courses around the country and around the world. There's one entity in it that starts with a 401. That's the entity that owns the Chicago Tower. So that's a big question. If, if you dissolve these entities and disgorge them of their assets, that's the show. That's the whole thing.
1: Wow. That, to me, is so incredible. Uh, how un-American, too, can you get that they are going after Trump's now businesses because these inflated indictments are not enough? What are your thoughts, everybody? We're going to take your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. How outrageous is it? Everybody knows this is persecution. And wait till tomorrow.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents
1: the blue and in tonight's back the blue segment which i love doing every night here on the rita cosby show a very powerful story coming from manhattan where nypd officers scaled the williamsburg bridge to take down a suicidal new yorker and a daring rescue and it was captured on body cam video Members of the department's emergency service unit climbed up the Williamsburg Bridge after 911 callers reported spotting a man threatening to jump from atop the massive span. The cops made their way to the man who was literally hundreds of feet above the East River through stormy weather over the weekend and they were able to safely bring him back to ground level. Body cam footage shows two officers calmly trying to convince the man to come back down the bridge with them. One of the officers has heard, my man, talk to me. Uh, I'm here to help you, man. Talk to me. What is your name? You also hear them saying, whatever you're going through, it happens to all of us, uh, but we got to get you down from here. But listen, we got to do this carefully because it's pouring rain. Again, it was over the weekend when the storm was coming through. They also said, it's super slippery, so I care about your safety and also the safety of my partners. Ultimately, two harnessed officers help the man down to additional cops waiting below. Wow, what a dramatic moment, and it just shows how risky and how difficult the job of a police officer is. Obviously, the issue of cops and crime, that is one of the topics of the second GOP debate, the primary debate tonight. And, uh, I thought they handled it okay. I think they should have spent more time on it. I think they just kind of glossed over it. And I think they should have spent more time on that. Um, meantime, President Trump, of course, spoke, uh, with United Auto Workers and other individuals. He was in Michigan tonight talking about the strike, talking about supporting unions, supporting folks with blue collar jobs. Um, and, You could just see the presence that he has. And I didn't see anybody on the stage in the GOP primary debate tonight that can hold a candle to him. I really don't. Uh, Some people describe the last debate as the JV squad. And I think tonight was JV squad times 10. Um, I think it is clear that President Trump is the guy to beat. The numbers are showing it and the presence shows it. And the debate also shows it once again. And that's why. They are trying to go after him in every which way but loose. The latest salvo, again, going after his businesses. I mean, this is crazy. This is so crazy. Tomorrow we are going to hear, this is the opening of the impeachment inquiry hearings. And there has been some devastating stuff that has come out in the last few hours, particularly from the committee. And this is the committee that was led by James Comer. A number of information has come out. Showing that there are emails where, you know, Hunter essentially talks about needing money, asking his father from it. And there's a reply to one of these emails, according to the committee, again, because they released this information coming from James Biden, who is the brother of Joe Biden. And it says, I can work with your father alone. We, as usual, just need a several months of his help for this work. Let's talk about it. It makes perfect sense to me. This is difficult to fully vet without talking. So it sure sounds like Joe Biden is entrenched in business deals. The question is, how much did he benefit? Can they show a direct line? Where is this going? And also tonight, some other devastating details coming out about the money train. There is a report that $250,000 payment and also a $10,000 payment was wired from Hunter Biden, from given from China to Hunter Biden, going to the Wilmington, Delaware House, where he was living with his father at the time. Now, what's significant about this is, as I said, this is in 2019. So this is a recent transfer. And remember, this is right around the same time That President Joe Biden, then candidate Joe Biden, was on the stage the first go round running for president saying, my son never made any money from China. I don't know anything about my son's business deals. I don't know anything. I never talked to any of them. I I hate to say that. That just seems inconceivable. How can you tell me that? There's a, a wire right now that goes with the direction, the address of the wire. The beneficiary is the location. The address he gives is his father's address where he's living at the time. There's pictures now, more pictures of Joe Biden with other business partners of Hunter Biden. There's also obviously all this different discussion that's coming out from Joe Biden's brother James to Hunter Biden about we got to talk to your dad about business, this, this, this. I mean, it's, it's unrealistic. That's the nicest thing I can say that Joe Biden didn't know anything about his son's business deal. So why was Joe Biden... Early on, as he's running for president, remember, he's run a couple of times, but in the last go round, why was he so vehement that his son never benefited from China when he had meetings and there's conversations? And now we know that money was wired to the house where he and his son are. And it was in 2019. It's not like some distant memory. Why is he denying that he's ever met them when there are countless pictures? And when will somebody actually be able to ask Joe Biden that? In the near future, because it just doesn't make sense. It defies logic. So why is he not telling the American public the full story? There's obviously a lot more here. And let's see what they got in the impeachment hearing. But that could explain why they are going after Joe Biden every which way but loose. Every which way but loose. Here is uh, Dan Abrams, legal correspondent. He's on GMA. And he's describing this new decision that came down from this judge in New York. Who is stripping now by, this is Trump of his business, basically certificates for his properties. In other words, not allowing him to be able to use them as assets, putting them into a, like sort of a regulated account. So they'll be in receivership if, it, you know, if in the sense that he cannot use them for assets or to secure loans. Uh, this could be devastating. They're going after him criminally. They're trying to go after him financially. It is like every which way but loose. And to me, it shows that they are absolutely worried about President Trump coming back in power. And I don't think it's because they feel like he's a threat to democracy. There's something else to this, don't you think, guys? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. heres Dan Abrams on GMA talking about this judge's decision and what it means for Trump
4: this seems like a big win for the attorney general it is it is a big win I mean,
7: basically what the judge has done is reviewed the documents in the case and said this is all i need this is a documents case it is clear that there was fraud here and as a result there is nothing for a trier of fact a judge or a jury to assess because after reviewing everything there aren't any open questions
1: and here is also what he says could be the impact on President Trump. Not just the indictments, but let's go after the money train, too.
3: Beyond the size of the fine, if that's what a jury ends up finding, this has significant consequences for the business of Donald Trump here in New York.
7: Absolutely. If this holds up on appeal, this could mean he loses buildings. It means he loses properties. He loses control um, this, you could argue, is more immediately perilous to some degree than some of the criminal cases to Donald Hits Trump. It's in his pocketbook. Correct. Where, where, you know, where he really cares. Um, and, and not to suggest he doesn't care about the criminal cases, but there are all sorts of arguments in the criminal cases about why they won't move forward now, et cetera. This one has now worked its way through the court. It's already in the appellate court to some degree. And this judge is saying Donald Trump loses resoundingly on this question of fraud.
1: And now again tonight, Tanya Chukin, who is overseeing the federal case, saying she will not remove herself from the case, even though I contend she had a slew of reasons that she should have for conflict of interest. But they're just trying to squeeze Trump in every single different direction. 1-800-848-9222, one 848 9222 Uh, Let's go to Tony, line four. Tony, your thoughts about this? Oh, my goodness. So,
8: so many things are clear to me. I did watch President Trump, who was amazing, at the UAW. And for me, personally, his plan is so intricate and so detailed and just so understanding what all this means to the UAW workers and how really – You know, the plan that this president has is not only to, this Biden, is not only to take down one industry, but to topple all industries by outsourcing America. And so, Rita, to me, I've seen this Biden administration, we've seen them open our borders, come trampling in. We've seen them ruining our industry. And the other thing that's most important to me is that everything that's happening to President Trump, is now happening to all our Staten Islanders who are now going to court and having legal issues, which somebody has to pay for and, and spending time. This is American people who are now getting involved. I thought of the Staten Islanders because I said, you know, it's not just the big people. It's not just the January six people. It's for people who are coming out and saying, we, we can't afford to have these people in our community and look, at how they have to go through and go to court, and some of them are put in jail overnight or for several hours. I don't know the details. But the most important thing I wanted to tell you is that Fox News has no idea because of what this country is going through, and I'll tell you why. They have no idea of what to ask. They have no concern about our judicial system, which is compromised because, in fact, Joe Biden is compromised. He always was. He never believed in the moral authority of the law. And that's another conversation, which, by the the way, Tony,
1: Tony, that is I think you're hitting a very powerful point because that is the overreaching that we're seeing now. I mean, look at the double standards that we're experiencing. We're going to hear tomorrow um, from James Comer's committee about the tens of millions of dollars that Hunter Biden received. Let's see if they can show where the money train is. There's clearly, clearly the president isn't telling the full story, but let's see if they can point to money ending up in maybe a home of his or somewhere. That's ultimately where I think they need to go to show to the American public. If you're going to go after the president of the United States, I think it should be a, a high bar. Um, but I think the, the contrast to that to President Trump, uh, jaywalked when he was 12. I, I mean, it it is just, it's unconscionable. We're at a position where it's, oh, okay, another one, another one, another one. I mean, the, the, and for Biden to sit there and talk about, you know, going after uh, and being the moral authority when he has opened our borders like one big massive, uh, you know, Niagara Falls, uh, when he has allowed terrorists to come in, um, he has allowed children that are being sex trafficked and human trafficked. Um, when he has allowed, um, you know, his own son on the gun charges and he's sitting there going after guns on everybody else, but he won't talk about his son. He's given China a free pass. I have never seen a president sort of sell out this country like I feel like this current president is doing. And I can't wait to have, feel like we have a country again. Your thoughts, Tony.
8: You know, this man has no morality. And if you look at him and what he did to Judge Clarence Thomas when he was being considered for Supreme Court justice, you read his words, and I'm going to bring them up one night on your show, he does not have no moral code. He is just about money, 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 as President Trump says. And President Trump doesn't need money He's here. It's just a relief to hear someone say, I'm here to, I have your back. I just have not felt like anybody's had our back.
1: Right. And, well, and, right, and who's going to take the fight? And they know that he's going to take the fight and, and they don't want right. anybody to take the fight. I think that says it all. Tony, you're terrific. I always love your calls and we always learn so much from you. Thank you Tom, so much, Tony. You're terrific. Uh, let's go to Ed uh, in Staten Island real quick, Ed, your thoughts.
5: Yeah, no, the banks were more than happy to lend Trump money, and none of them complained. But I had a friend whose father was an electrical contractor, yep. and say it was a $3 million job, and the last payment was like hundred and fifty grand, and Trump would say, oh, sorry, you don't have it. And uh, what the guy did is, to get his money back, he held a Christmas party at uh, the Plaza Hotel. And then when they handed him the bill, he said, uh, give it to Trump. Let him pay it, so that's how he got re- reimbursed. Trump screwed his contractors. he never screwed the banks
1: but he but needs- but well, and let me get to the issue of the banks because that's what we're talking about here um you know, because it goes to the banks, it goes to the insurance companies, and just like you said, none of them complained and and as you understand, these numbers are very subjective. Anybody who's dealt with real estate, the value of something, you know, I could say that, okay, uh, you know, the shirt that I'm wearing now, uh, it's worth $200 and someone else could say, I'll pay you three. And somebody else would say, I'll pay you $3, <laughs> you know, for it. I mean, I mean, a, real estate is a very fungible, uh, very, you know, when I saw this, I thought, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, there's other things you could go after somebody for. And I'm talking generically, but this, that, that, that is obscene. And, Ted, you just hit it on the head. Where's the victim? Where's the crime? Where's the penalty? Who was hurt? The banks aren't complaining. They were fine. Uh, and and you're allowed to say, okay, well, that estimate, I believe it's this because of my name is worth this. Or, my, you know, there's other things that can go into somebody's assets that create it. Um, you know, it, it's a very, very subjective business. And I think that's a very dangerous road because if that's the case, I, I can think of probably about 10,000 people in New York that would fit that criteria. And for some reason, they pulled it out on Donald Trump. Your thoughts real quick, Ed.
5: Yeah, well, you know, Mar-a-Lago is probably worth like $75 million. It's a 20-acre place right on the water in Palm Beach. It's not worth $17 million. Yes, exactly. You know,
1: exactly.
5: A two, right. A two-bedroom two apartment is like $4 million in Palm Beach.
1: Exactly. And that's why we know it's a bunch of hogwash what's happening. And again, I keep going back to selective prosecution because it's different. If this is the standard for every business person in New York or across this country, uh, then then that's fair game. Uh, But when suddenly they pull out something that they never do or go after somebody else for, uh, which seems to be a pattern when the last name is Trump, they seem to pull out that card even if they don't go after anybody else. uh, I think we've. Crossed a really dangerous line in this country. It's called lawfare, where they start pulling out, going after, persecuting people for things that they do not do to others. That's a dangerous location. And again, that's not the American way. 1 800 848 9222. 1 800 848 And we'll continue with your calls, guys, after the break.
0: The Rita Cosby Show. show, 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 show.
1: Not a lot of fireworks in the second GOP debate. I didn't see any knockout punches. What did you guys think? I wish that Senator Katie Britt, I wish she had been on the stage because she was coming out earlier today and she was talking. Of course, she's the senator from the great state of Alabama. And boy, she had some fire when she was asked about the border. She should have been on the stage tonight.
9: Drug cartels, guys. They have their tentacles all over this country. We need you to start telling that story. To Senator Cruz's point, they will tell you exactly how much they paid to get here. Then they'll tell you where they're going, what their job's gonna be, and how much more they owe. Got it? And guess what? Just the other day in Alabama, a gentleman told me, if you will come back here with me in this neighborhood right behind you, you will see migrants, who are here illegally, and they will tell you about the drug cartels coming around every other week to collect. Guys, that's not the American dream. That's an American nightmare.
1: Yeah, where was Katie Brett? She should have been on the stage tonight. She had some fire and some passion. And in the next hour, we are going to talk about the border and also, again, your thoughts on if there's any candidate up there that had a plan better than what President Trump was doing, especially on securing the border under his tenure. Remain in Mexico was in place. They had a, an enormous number of deportations. Uh, we didn't have the problems of who was crossing the border at that time. And now it is one wide open leaky sieve that is creating havoc in our country. And I'm happy to see some Republican senators today, like Katie Britt and others, uh, I use the expression cojones because they finally got a little bit of a fire under their uh, behind uh, because this is an enormous issue that is affecting our country. It's affecting our cities. We are seeing it all over the place, and it is a huge, huge issue. one 800 848 one 800 Two, let's go to Norm, line six. Uh, Norm, your thoughts about everybody gunning for Trump, right? Everybody going after him.
10: Good evening, Rita. Uh, Yes, the persistence of Tish James and the Democrats to persecute Trump is very disturbing, and the fuel is hatred at insanity. Uh, Example tonight: as I ate dinner in an Upper West Side diner with my friend David, at the next table over were a group of senior citizen leftists laughing loudly as they played a parody song on their phone about Trump going to prison. Funny,
1: huh? Yeah, isn't that sad? They're so determined. It's like uh, they don't even care if there's a crime. It's like, oh, it's Trump. Okay, throw the books. It's like, and and that to me is just sort of indicative, that they just want to take him down. Did you, I don't know if you saw any of the debate tonight, Norm, did you watch any of it?
11: No, I, I, was, I, I was not, I, I, don't, I don't, I didn't watch the debate, I was out.
1: So. By the way, you're the lucky one, because it was painful. It was painful. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that, Norm, it definitely didn't have a lot of highlights. Uh, there were a lot of lowlights, and I did not see anybody tonight. Uh, that at this moment can even put a dent in President Trump. Um, I'm curious to hear everybody's thoughts after the break. What did you think of the debate? Is there anybody there that can narrow the gap? And also, what needs to be done with the border? Is it time to say, give us border security or else? 1-800-848-9222.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Assessment: No big winners whatsoever in the second GOP primary debate. uh, I thought it fell pretty flat. Uh, I thought nobody punched it up. Nobody really, I think, is going to change necessarily in the polls. I think, you know, they did okay. But when the leader, Donald Trump, on the GOP side, hands down, and a huge leader on the GOP side, is so far ahead. You can't just do okay. There was no big moment. There was no, like, huge memorable moment. Uh, so I think uh, it fell really flat. And I think that a lot of these candidates need to start thinking, uh, should I stay in the race or is it time for me to kind of go home? Uh, because clearly the Democrats still view Trump as the threat. And I didn't see a replacement up there on the stage tonight. I'm being honest. Did you guys see a replacement? And even on the issue of border security, I thought some of them did better than others when it came to border security. That was obviously an area where I think any of them would clearly do better than Joe Biden, who has been an abysmal failure when you look at what's happening to our border and our wide open border. Uh, but is it enough to move the dial? And isn't it enough to say, OK, well, you already had somebody and what he was doing when he was in control and overseeing the border, it was working. It was working. Numbers were down. Deportations were up. You wouldn't see an open border like we're seeing now. The new numbers at 2.3 million have crossed already this fiscal year. Look what's happening at the migrant shelters in New York that are popping up all over the place and Texas all over the country. The war of words that's going on, how politicized it's become. And Americans are paying the the price tab for this disaster And this president won't even admit that the border is open. So I think it's a pretty easy one for a lot of these candidates to go after. And I do think that any of them would do a heck of a lot of better job at the border than the current president. But uh, they still got to burst through to even try to take on Trump. And here is one of the exchanges. Listen to this where it's Tim Scott, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Ron DeSantis, and it was like, who's on first, who's on second, who's on third? It was a little bit of Abbott and Costello. Here it is.
3: Right when I started my next company, Strive, to compete against BlackRock, excuse me, no, no. to compete against BlackRock, I made a commitment you you. that we would never it's do Russia. business in China. And well, I will say it's something. It's yes. I think you have more than time to explain yeah. your point. Well, if I, I was interrupted by a lot of people here, and I want to be respectful to because I yeah. believe yeah. You these were were respectful people, last three bit, But I do not yeah. believe in these. We're sitting here in the Reagan Library. Yes, I wish you, you would not be. Honor the midnight in honor of Ronald Reagan's library, if I may one Tim, from one admirer of Ronald Reagan to another. From one admirer of Reagan to another, we Cannot cannot do not do deals with Americans, the CCCB. four Americans
4: years ago. Elements this is unproductive. productive. I, I want to hear about it. Let's have a policy debate. What's going I'll, on? I'll, I'll let us have a that policy
3: debate. Let's have a policy debate. Time. And the right yeah. answer is we need to declare independence from China. And I will see that through.
1: At least they were a little spirited. Half the time I wondered if some of them had a pulse on the stage tonight. And Tim Scott, by the way, did kind of come out a little more guns blazing. I thought he served himself well. Last time I thought he was a little, you know, understated. I think he rose up. I think Nikki, Hull, Nikki Haley was solid again. But was there anybody that really stood out in your mind? And also, is there anybody who you think could really take on Trump? Chris Christie seems to be saying that he's the guy who can take on Trump. He said he was going to do a knockout blow tonight. And uh his, what was it, the Daffy Duck analogy, the Donald Junk, whatever. It was one of those cartoon characters. It was lackluster. Chris Christie, you can do better. We've heard you do better. That wasn't very good. But every time it came to Chris Christie, even in his opening statement, it was like, blah, 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 blah. And let's go back to Donald Trump. Blah, 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 blah. Let's go back to Donald Trump. And here he is talking about the border and, of course, taking a shot at Donald Trump.
2: We need to have a a president who acts like I did as governor enforce the law. First and foremost, and that means what I'll do on day one is sign an executive order to send the National Guard to partner with Customs and Border Patrol to make sure that we stop the flow of fentanyl over the border, but also to make sure that we send a much different message. We want you here in this country to fill the six million vacant jobs we have, but only if you come here to follow the law and only if you come here legally. If you come here illegally, we will apprehend you and we will send you back across the border from which you came. And the fact is that until we set a law and order agenda in this country, not only now, but in the future, we won't, we won't be able to continue this. And I'll look, I'll tell you this. Donald Trump failed on this as well. He said he was going to build a wall across the whole border. He built 52 miles of wall and said Mexico would pay for it. Guess what? I think if Mexico knew that he was only going to build 52 miles, they might have paid for the 52 miles.
1: Thank you. Lord. Was that any sort of a salvo against Trump? 1-800-848-9222 one 848 9222 I will give Vivek Ramaswamy credit. Uh, because he did at least stand out on his position on the border. And boy, he says, like, everybody basically should be deported. Uh He really went for it. He certainly is holding uh, the mantle of the ultra, ultra hardcore defending our borders position. Take a listen to what he said. At least this was a memorable line. Take a listen. It's not realistic, but it's a memorable line. If you propose, quote, universal
12: deportation for all undocumented immigrants and their children, even if the children are citizens of the United States, under what legal premise will you expel U.S. citizens?
3: So the first thing I want to say is I agree with everything. The Republicans on the stage are on the right side of this issue. Militarize the southern border. Stop funding sanctuary cities. And end foreign aid to Mexico and Central America to end the incentives to come across. But I do go a step further. You're right about that, Ilya. I favor ending birthright citizenship for the kids of illegal immigrants in this country. Now the left will howl about the Constitution and the 14th Amendment. The difference between me and them is I've actually read the 14th Amendment. What it says is that all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the laws and jurisdiction thereof are citizens. So nobody believes that the kid of a Mexican diplomat in this country enjoys birthright citizenship. Not a judge or legal scholar in this country will disagree with me on that. Well, if the kid of a Mexican diplomat doesn't enjoy birthright citizenship, then neither does the kid of an illegal migrant who broke the law to come here. And as the father of two sons, it is hard for me to look them in the eye and say, you have to follow the law when our own government fails to follow its own laws. That's how we really go the distance and solve this problem and restore the rule of law in the united states of america because that is part of what it even means to be an American.
1: so what did you make of vivek ramaswamy at least he had a little fire under him that's not going to happen i mean he's what are you going to like you know tens of millions of people literally that's what he's talking about uh so there's a lot of questions with it but at least he had a standout moment. At least I remember that moment. I can't remember much from some of the others. I had to, like, have smelling salt under me. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Steve on line two. Who is the big winner tonight, Steve?
13: Um, it's hard to tell who is the winner, but they're irrelevant. They're like pimples on the posterior of progress, especially Chris Christie. But here's the thing. Americans are always enchanted with an underdog, and they're always sympathetic to a victim. And what the Democrats in their colossal foolishness don't seem to understand is that every time they attack Trump, they are martyring him. They are turning him into an underdog. And that is the reason why he is swelling in all of the so-called polls. I don't put much in the polls, but I just feel it. I think I think since the Democrats are always feeling, I think they should be feeling this, that they are doing everything to enhance his chances, not through intention, but through sheer stupidity.
1: Yeah, they are. By the way, I love your line there, Steve, what you just said about pimples on the posterior of progress. That's a good line that that is a great one. Um, And you're right. I think they just cannot believe that they're cutting him off, you know, with all the indictments. Now they're going after his businesses. They're not recusing the judges, even if they look like they have very blatant conflicts of interest. Um, And I think you're right. It's making Trump martyred. Um, People are seeing it for what it is. Again, selective prosecution. To me, it is so obvious that they just want to go after Trump any which way but loose. And it looks so unbalanced. It looks un-American. Uh, there's something so unsavory about the way that they are going after President Trump on things that they never go after anybody else for. They would never in a million years. And yet they're saying, what do you mean about Biden? Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Uh, I mean, you know, there's just something. It is alternate universe. And it is such a disproportionate, such a blatant, obvious attempt uh, that uh, boy are they big pimples, not just little pimples, as you're describing, Steve? Thank you, you're great. Let's go to Alan, uh, line three. Alan, your thoughts. Hey, Al, go ahead.
13: Oh, hi, Rita. Yeah, Rita, I watched the debate,
11: and I thought uh, Governor, De- I, there was no knockout tonight. I, I think everybody was pretty much, uh, there was no knockout punches, but I thought Governor DeSantis uh would still leave tonight being uh, the uh, second to Donald Trump. Uh, I think he reestablished his up uh, position with Iowa caucus voters in February. For his, he didn't hide or run away from his position.
1: Yeah, I think. The by the way, I think he had a a uh, a decent night, don't you? But but the problem is, Al, when you're so far behind, there's it's yeah. like a, I mean, it's leaps and bounds between first and second. You can't just have a a decent night. I thought everybody right. was decent, you know. But decent doesn't doesn't pop it, you know.
11: Absolutely. And I thought he also did well when he reminded voters that he served honorably in the military, that when he came uh, home from abroad, uh, he was proud to say to himself and look around and say, there's no place like America.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was good. And I also thought when he talked about and he repeated what he said in the first debate about um, sending the military to go after the cartels, I thought there was some there. Those moments I thought were great. I just didn't see there was anything that goes, wow. That's the yeah. guy, you know. No. Compared and the, and and you have to have that when the numbers are so far apart. And there wasn't a breakout moment, you know. there's not a a line where you go, oh wow, that guy definitely you know, won. You could make the case that Vivek had some some powerful moments. Uh, I thought I thought Tim Scott did better than he did in the first debate, and I thought Nikki Haley was still like held her own. I thought Doug Burgum Doug Bergum did a decent job, the North Dakota, and Pence had some decent ones, but again decent doesn't cut it um but great points al thank you very very much uh let's go to bj line six bj your thoughts
13: well uh donald trump won again uh it seems to me uh these these are not debates rita rita these are shout shows okay no one is advancing the cause of conservatism is what we need to be hearing I ask myself when I listen to these debates, who will uphold the Constitution the most out of these folks, and maybe Doug Burgum would, and maybe Mike Pence would, and maybe Tim Scott would, uh, and may you know. But but really, who is the person that's going to to bring us back to where we need to be? Uh, who's going to enforce the border, who's going to deal with the fentanyl, who's going to deal with these runaway crazy governors and mayors of these sanctuary blue cities that have really driven the people to the brink. And who is? Who did did you think, B.J.? Great point. I I have to tell you, I think Doug Burgum, if if given the chance – He's one of the sanest grown-ups in the room. These other guys are grasping for straws. They're jol- jolting at each other. You really can't tell much from a debate. I will say this. There are a couple of people up there that are so, so unseemly and really so uh, – there's just no uh, – I'm shocked at, at Nikki Haley, the, the crazy harpy act that she pulls every time she goes up there screaming people down. This guy, Vivek, this guy this guy is a billionaire clown. I'm sorry, He's in bed with everybody that came out tonight. He's in bed with the Chinese. This guy, uh, uh, he he should exit the stage. The pork chop from New Jersey, time for him to hang it up and uh, invest in SlimFast stock. This guy is out of it. He thinks that he's. We're going to forget what he did to Jersey. We're going to forget that the fact that he was with Trump, and now all of a sudden, because Trump didn't, he, he couldn't curry favor from Trump. He's, he, Trump's the enemy of the people. No, I'm sorry. This and that. Donald. They all had cutesy little remarks. Cutesy little remarks may may go over well for for about two seconds, but we really need to see who's going to uphold the Constitution. And, you know, it's 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 weeding itself out, but it hasn't become clear.
1: Yeah. No, um, I, by the way, BJ, I agree with you. Like, I didn't feel like um, that there was this enormously clear moment uh, tonight. Um, and I also this is a serious time in the country. Um, this is, you know, I, as we're talking about the border, we're talking about the economy, we're talking about crime. And you know, I, I found that it was a little thin. You know, I would really like to see, like you just said, somebody say, here's what I'm going to do. Here's how we're going to turn it around. Here is here's X, 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 um, X, X. And I didn't hear a lot of specifics on a lot of fronts. And boy, is there a lot to go after. I mean, you can see it. You know, you see, look, it's costing Americans, you know, seven thousand dollars more now a year. That's a lot of that's a lot. I mean, there's there. this is this is killing Americans right now. The gas is killing Americans. The the going to the grocery store is killing Americans. The border is killing Americans. The migrants are killing American cities. I, I mean, the squeeze in terms of the price that it's costing, the coming to the neighborhood, the uncertainty, the that these flash mobs. You need a leader. You need somebody who's really going to take control of this country. I'm worried where this country's going. And you need somebody, just like you said, who's not going to have these little, silly, cute little lines. You need someone who's really going to put their big boy pants on, man or woman, and take charge of this country because it is falling apart. And you want more years of what we've seen the last few? I don't think so. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Well, we all survived the second debate. I say survive uh, because it, I thought, it was painful. I didn't think there was any knockout punches, and boy, do they need one. Every single candidate there, because Trump is so far ahead by leaps and bounds. Who won? Uh, who are the losers? And who do you think needs to drop out? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil, line two. Phil, your thoughts about tonight. What would you think?
10: All right. Good evening. Um, Ramaswamy, with his last statement about immigration, he's not far from the truth. President Eisenhower deported a million and a half Mexicans back to Mexico back in the 50s. Okay. And Obama sent, I think, more than a quarter million people out of the country. So we're talking about deportation. It's going to happen. It can happen. The thing is, you're not going to deport all these illegals that are here now. You probably get like a third of them or a quarter of them, but it's a start. What they should do is when you cross the border, you have to wear an ankle bracelet, something with that, that they could pick up, that the law officials, law enforcement can pick up at any time and know exactly where you are, okay? But they won't do that because, oh, well, that's inhumane. That's racist. Yeah, okay, fine. But Swami definitely took the cake. Nikki Haley, she's out of her mind. Uh, forget about uh, Pence. Mike Pence is, is old school, and he's very, he's worried about something. Listen, any man that drags his wife every single place he goes, he's got something to hide. He's afraid.
1: What? Well, just because he doesn't want to be uh, what alone with another woman, I think is is the reason he brings his wife everywhere. You got a problem? You know, it is a little weird. You know what I mean? I mean, especially in this day and age, you should be able to. Uh, you know, he's definitely old school. How's that for that? He doesn't want to get in any trouble or, you know, whatever the Christian values is, you know, he's a good Christian guy and obviously he's a good grounded man. And I do think he's a good decent man. Uh, but I didn't see any knockout punches from him tonight. Did you? Um, and, and you bring up Ramaswamy. Do you think, uh, what he's buying to be what VP or in the cabinet under Trump?
10: Uh, I think he's going to be a, a possible DP. He's very close to it. I'd say he's 85% of the way there. And by the way, with Pence, the reason he drags his wife every single place he goes, remember, he can get away with a lot of stuff. And under law, a wife cannot be forced to testify against their husband.
1: Ah, there you go. <laughs> I think there's other reasons. He's just, you know, old school. But uh, we'll see if Ramaswamy pops after this debate.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
1: And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Bullard, Texas, as we are talking, of course, of what's going on in the border This is a beautiful tribute to the military there where the Texas Military Veterans Show began this weekend that just passed with a parade traveling down the highway. And Medal of Honor recipient Colonel Don Doc Bollard was a special guest in the parade. But he stated that the honor doesn't go to him. He said the honor goes to all the veterans, not just the Medal of Honor recipients, because I wear this for the guys that saved my life. And I was awarded the medal for saving other people's lives. He also further said this is an opportunity for everybody in the public to, quote, learn as much as they can because we fought for them to have the freedoms that they got. And we're just one generation away from losing our freedom. He also said to the crowd, I want to thank everybody. I appreciate what you are doing and also want you to know what we did for America, for freedom, and the sacrifice that I made, but also so many of my comrades. What a powerful, powerful story and such an important message, especially with the debate just wrapping up, the second GOP primary debate wrapping up at the Ronald Reagan Library in Simi Valley, California. Well, certainly one of the issues, they did talk about border during the debate. I actually wish they would spend more time and I wish they would have gotten to more specifics. Uh, there was this one moment. Listen to Ron DeSantis. Here's a little bit about what he says about taking on China and also fentanyl and other things. Take a listen.
2: Governor DeSantis,
12: China invested $12 billion in Latin America just last year. They signed strategic partnerships with seven countries, including Mexico. And China's military ties to the region now include arms sales and training
4: exercises. Are you comfortable with China deepening ties with our southern neighbors? Of course not. And the reason why we're in this mess is because elites in D.C. for far too long have chosen surrender over strength when it comes to the CCP. Some people in our country got rich, our industrial base got hollowed out, and they have been able to build the second most powerful military in the entire world. We need a totally new approach to China. We are going to have real hard power in the Indo-Pacific, like Reagan, to deter their ambitions. We're going to have economic independence from China, where we're decoupling our economy, We are going to go after the cultural power they have in this country. As governor of Florida, I banned the CCP from buying land in our state. We should do that all across these United States. We shouldn't have them in our universities. We shouldn't have Confucius Institutes. So you see a country in decline, our power's in decline. China's going to surpass us this decade. And if they do that, that's going to affect every single American household. As your president, I am not going to let that happen. I'm going to reverse this country's decline. We are going to choose strength, not surrender when it comes to the CCP.
1: And that was powerful where he said he's going to go after the CCP. And that's good to hear. Uh, but Vivek Ramaswamy uh, definitely made the headline on how he would handle what's been going on with illegal immigration and our open border. Take a listen to this one again. That's making a lot of headlines tonight. you propose,
12: quote, universal deportation for all undocumented immigrants and their children, even if the children are citizens of the United
3: States, under what legal premise will you expel U.S. citizens? So the first thing I want to say is I agree with everything. The Republicans on the stage are on the right side of this issue. Militarize the southern border. Stop funding sanctuary cities. And end foreign aid to Mexico and Central America to end the incentives to come across. But I do go a step further. You're right about that, Ilya. I favor ending birthright citizenship for the kids of illegal immigrants in this country. Now the left will howl about the Constitution and the 14th Amendment. The difference between me and them is I've actually read the 14th Amendment. What it says is that all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the laws and jurisdiction thereof are citizens. So nobody believes that the kid of a Mexican diplomat in this country enjoys birthright citizenship. Not a judge or legal scholar in this country will disagree with me on that. Well, if the kid of a Mexican diplomat doesn't enjoy birthright citizenship, then neither does the kid of an illegal migrant who broke the law to come here. And as the father of two sons, it is hard for me to look them in the eye and say, you have to follow the law when our own government fails to follow its own laws. That's how we really go the distance and solve this problem and restore the rule of law in the United States of America because that is part of what it even means to be an American.
1: Wow, he was really going for it. Uh, the only person who I wish actually also would have been up there on the stage tonight is this woman, Senator Katie Britt, who held a press conference earlier with Ted Cruz and Senator Lindsey Graham. Uh, boy, was she passionate about the border. I was happy at least to see some passion out of Vivek, even though I think some of the things he's talking about are unrealistic. But at least he's getting people to think. At least he's galvanizing. He's emotional. He's showing that he's, like, trying to lead from the front. We heard some moments of DeSantis saying that. Tim Scott, I thought, still tried to be the happy warrior, but he did kind of take it a couple times to Nikki Haley. But... This is a serious issue at the border. I wish they had spent a lot more time and talked about very clear things they would have done. Here is Senator Katie Britt uh, talking about what she is seeing at the border and how what is happening under this current president is not humanitarian and not compassionate to the migrants whatsoever.
9: You look at the number of people that have died at the border because Joe Biden has made it more and more enticing to come here. Make no mistake, this is a result of failed policies. We could fix this. We can't throw money at this and fix it. We have to actually change the policies.
1: And she also took it to President Biden. Take a listen to this. I wish she was in the debate. Take a listen. We know what policies work. President Trump had secured the border. We know what to do. We
9: just have to have a leader who has the courage to do it. And I am so sick of Joe Biden lecturing us about the soul of America. Let me tell you, he needs to have the heart to actually listen to people. He needs to have the compassion to, to actually hear those stories, um, the willingness to work with people. And Joe Biden needs the courage to take decisive action
1: and earlier today at that same press conference, Ted Cruz also joined and said uh, that New York City Mayor Eric Adams has no idea what an influx of migrants is. He's seeing it himself, he says, on Texas. And he said what's going on in like places like Eagle Pass, which are right there on the border, uh, where thousands are coming every single day. Uh, He says it is nothing short of a catastrophe. And New York is just feeling a little drop in the bucket, even though we definitely feel like we're bursting at the seams. I can't imagine what they feel like right there on the border. Take a listen to Ted Cruz.
6: Mayors like Eric Adams, the Democrat in New York, who says illegal immigration is destroying New York City. That's with 110,000 illegal immigrants in New York City. If 110,000 is destroying New York City, what in the hell do you think 7.6 million is doing to the state of Texas and the other states along our southern border?
1: That's a great question because, boy, it is busting at the seams. And I would have loved to have seen a little like fist pounding tonight during the debate. I would have loved to have seen people say, Enough, we have to stop this. They were a little too contained. And this is a dire, dire crisis, I think, for the security of this country. And they need to start acting like it. And we need a leader who is going to replace this president who will seal the border. It has been so derelict, I think, what we have seen at our southern border. Did you see anybody there who could step up to the plate in one of, I think, one of the most dire crises? that we are experiencing for national and international security. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Robert, line four. Robert, your thoughts on the debate, and did you see a leader there that could take over uh, what is really a lot of problems in this country right now?
11: Well, good evening. I, I saw you at the U.N. Uh, um Mother Teresa screening. Hello. Oh, I'm thank you, Hudson Robert. Valley, which
1: is, thank you, Robert.
11: I'm I'm from the Hudson Valley, Mike Lawler and Mark Molinaro country, and uh, I really felt one sideshow of this thing was just to see who might make a viable vice presidential candidate, and I think the two that stood out for me, who I thought were would be qualified, would be Tim Scott and uh, Nikki Haley. Um, By
1: by the way, Robert, I thought Tim Scott had had a pretty good night. And I thought Nikki Haley sort of held her own again, too, because I thought she did a good job in the first debate. I thought I thought Tim Scott rose up because I thought he he didn't do as well as he could have, I think, in the first debate. And I thought he came out much stronger out of the gate in this one.
11: I agree with you completely. They 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 flipped. She she was ahead in the first and he was ahead in the second one. But I don't think anybody else there is really vice presidential material, um, and uh, I also saw, thought that some of the questions were kind of more gotcha questions than I would have liked to have seen. And I also felt that they didn't really do a good job of moderating in terms of. And I like I, I like all those people from Fox News, but. There are times when it just got a little bit out of control as everybody's trying to get in a one liner. But that's that's Those are my thoughts. And I appreciate listening to your show.
1: Thank you, Robert. And great to talk with you again, too. And and, uh, the Mother Teresa screening was so powerful. And and what a great story. Uh, Her life, too, was just amazing, too. Thank you so much, Robert. What a blessing to talk with you. Uh, Let's go to Mark. Line six. Mark, what did you think of the debate?
12: Uh, Rita, thank you for taking my call. I didn't see the debate, but I'm calling about something else. Um, uh, Donald Trump has the capacity to uh, get people in his corner, even though even though they don't even know why. The, you know, they don't even know why they're they're there. I mean, he he's amazing in his ability to to, to keep people in his corner. And I think it's going to continue that way.
1: Yeah, I do too, Mark. I I didn't see anything that changed the dynamics whatsoever. Uh, thanks, Mark, very much. Let's go to Stan. Line three, Stan, your thoughts.
12: That ain't going to happen because I was waiting. For one thing tonight, I couldn't care what. Most of these they, are losers. Yeah, wait, 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 Stan, you were waiting Stan
1: to, wait, losers. Stan! You were waiting to call in. Stan, you were waiting to call in. That—that's what you were waiting for, right? Well, no, no. <laughs> I, hey,
12: I have to listen to some of these losers that call in. But look, oh, Stan,
1: it, that's not fair. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's
12: exactly fair. But no, let's it isn't. Get them. The point is this: I was waiting for one thing and only one thing. Would any of them, as a group, commit to if Donald Trump is convicted either in the Washington case or in the? Uh, Georgia case, would they state not to support him for president? Not one, somebody brought it up. Nobody brought up the, the trials. No one brought up. If he is uh, put on trial and if he is found guilty, if, in both, would they still support him? And nobody brought up the question, because it's going to happen, the trials at least will happen, and if he is found guilty, these people will have to make a decision. And I think as a group, they could at least commit it to say, if he's not committed, we'll support him. If he is, see ya pal, but uh, nothing was said about it, and it's going to come one way or the other. These people are in a bind. Yeah, they, they, they are somewhat losers, but if he's convicted— it's an opening for most of them
1: well, I not no i good. actually, I disagree, Stan, because uh if you know the history, he could be still running, he could still be and and I would not be surprised if there are some convictions. I think many of them will be overturned in appeal uh if it goes to the Supreme Court, which I think a lot of these cases ultimately will, but based on the fact that this judge wouldn't even recuse herself, meanwhile, she made some comments and her history tied to hunter Biden, all these things should have recused her in a normal case just even the perception just to show that uh she's impartial if even giving her the benefit of the doubt she should have recused herself uh, and she didn't so it looks to me like the fix is in but he can still run he can still run from a from a prison cell i don't think i think they're going to try to put him there even if it's on a gag order Uh, I mean, if he jaywalks, they're going to try to throw him in prison. You could tell they just want to go after this guy every which way but loose. I mean, Stan, you got to admit, this latest thing and the new thing that just came down, where they're going after the the business, the value of his properties, every real estate person has different appraisals, different amounts. Uh, The banks didn't complain. The insurance companies didn't complain. But somehow New York took it upon itself to go after Trump the fixes in Stan. come on that's blatant
12: uh let let me say this that, that didn't bother me as much as his comment on his site that uh, what that what's it called that site of his uh truth his, social yeah that anti-Semitic comment he made about liberal Jews, that if because you didn't support me, your hatred for the destruction of America and for Israel, that is anti-Semitism in its worst way. And the Anti-Defamation League said it as well as, well as other Jewish groups. This guy doesn't care what he says. He, he blames everybody. But himself to say what he said about liberal Jews because they would not support him.
1: Like, hang on, Stan, you're you're not answering. You you just said it didn't bother you. So, I mean, come on.
12: No, that
11: bothered me. No, no no, no. Oh, no, bother no, no. Oh no, no, no.
1: I hear what you're saying. Believe me, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> like. I I I hear what you're saying. I'm going back to the original point because I mean they are going after him every which way but loose. I mean, they, I mean, come on. I mean, to go after uh, different appraisals and different prices of of real estate. I mean, they, boy, it just shows that they are desperate and they're worried about him. Uh, and I know you feel orange man bad, but uh, this is really selective prosecution. Rita, I mean, come on.
12: Rita, did did he not screw up on the prices, Rita? We don't That's know that. We don't he know did. that. He lies. He does no, what you know he has why?
1: Because they said that he gave a different price than what others did. And guess what? You get different prices all the time, Stan. I mean, and, and real estate... Is all if one person says it's worth this. Another person says it's worth this. I mean, it, to me, it, that to me, it, it just the piling on what they're doing. We had a caller before you um, and I don't know if you heard it where they said it's making him they use the expressions making him a martyr because it's become such a blatant pylon that it, it is so backfiring and he's going to keep going up and up and up in the polls. Uh and it'll be interesting to see. I'll be curious what you think tomorrow after the first day of the impeachment inquiry hearing. Uh so you gotta call me tomorrow, Stan, because maybe you'll have a different opinion of your idol Joe Biden after that and the Biden family. Let's see what they got. I don't know what they have. Let's see. Uh and you know, I have an open mind, but let's see what they got. Uh Stan, thank you very much. We'll continue with your calls after the break, everybody. One
0: The Rita Cosby Show
1: Well, Stan says that he thinks President Trump will be convicted. I say it won't change the dynamics in this race. And if anything, it's become so transparent that they're trying to do anything to stop President Trump in every single different direction. It is blatantly apparent that they worry about Trump so much so they're trying to knock him off businesses, do whatever they can. Uh, and yet I didn't see anybody tonight who could handle the fight like President Trump and who would on day one seal the border. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Bob. Uh, line six, Bob, your thoughts.
6: Reed, I love your show. Thank and you. you. And I want to give a message to Stan, your last caller, who's an absolute imbecile, by the way. And I say this in all due respect, imbeciles. I'm Jewish, so I'm going to say this as a Jew. Stan, I want you to listen really, really close because I know you're listening and you love Rita like I do. If you really think that Donald Trump is going to get convicted, okay, you really are in, in, in the Twilight Zone. First of all, as a Jew, you should be loving Donald Trump. He has been the best friend to Israel, he has been the best friend to the Jews. He did everything he promised during the campaign. And people like in my family, by the way, who are like Stan, stupid asses, and I say that with all due respect, you are a stupid ass, Stan, as is many people in my family, as I said, who will sit there and make excuses up to the imbecile that we have in the White House and will, and will pray every day that Donald Trump goes to jail. I can't figure it out. I don't know if it's, if it really is derangement syndrome. I don't know if it's, they, they just don't like his personality. But when you look at the policies and what this guy has done for everybody in this country, no wars, a great stock market, an incredible economy. The border was secure. Look what we have in three years of Joe Biden.
1: And by, and by the but way, Bob, that, Bob Abraham Accords, too, obviously uh, tied to Israel, you know?
6: not only Not only Abraham, but he also moved the embassy to Jerusalem. Yep. And smartly sold the property where it used to be in Tel Aviv to Sheldon Adelson for a price that nobody could sit there and say, oh, he gave it away. Sheldon, I believe, bought it for $65 million, and it wasn't worth that. But Sheldon wanted to make sure the embassy was in Jerusalem.
1: No, you're right. He has been a tremendous uh, great friend uh, to the Jewish people and a tremendous advocate for the Jewish people. Also, a tremendous advocate for securing America's border uh, and America first. It'd be nice to have that, then America last, which it seems like we have now.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.